You're listening to the Loop Page Podcast, episode number 44. It's six to go to 50. I'm having a party when I hit 50. Um, do you know what? It's, I think it's it's almost been two years since I began this podcast. So that's exciting. Slowly moving my way up with the podcast scene. And I tell you what, it's uh, I remember the first podcast that I did. Not, not actually the very first podcast I did... Um, I uh, I recorded a, a, an episode myself. It was called Start Before You're Ready because I remember I was always saying, oh, I want to have my own podcast. I want to start my own podcast. But I kept on using the excuse that, oh, you know what? I'm not ready yet. I've got to kind of do some research and I've got to know more about what I'm doing and I've got to get kind of episodes together. And I was just using all these excuses that we tend to always use, which is I need to study more. I need to learn more before I jump in. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I, my first episode was called Start Before You're Ready. You should go back and listen to it. It's a, it's a funny one. I don't have any intros or anything back in those days. And I remember the first guest that I had on, I actually went out to this guy's office and I was shiting myself. I was like sweating and trembling and everything like that. Come a long way over the last two years. Um, anyway, you know, well, welcome to the Loop Page Podcast, by the way. Um, uh, make sure you... F- click subscribe because I release a new episode every couple of weeks and you can also find me over on Instagram if you're not following make sure you follow me I release awesome stuff every single week and uh, for coaches looking at growing their online business I really give you a deep insight into how I grow my business and I don't just um, I don't just kind of give out the tips like everyone does I actually share with you what I'm doing in my own business so you can learn from things that are working from me and you can also learn from mistakes and failures that I'm making so you can avoid them yourself. So make sure you follow me on Instagram um, at Luke underscore page is my username. And whilst I'm talking about this, um, if, you're conf- if you're a coach and you're confused about your niche at all, I've created this awesome mini course called Own Your Niche and it helps you get super clear on your niche and it helps you know exactly who you help how you help them, and what exactly your first program is going to be. Now, if you've got um, niche confusion, if you don't exactly know who you're helping or you tend to be helping a bit of everyone and it's causing you to become confused about your content, it's like one day I'm posting content about this and then the next day I'm posting about this and I don't know who I'm speaking to. If you're getting all those feelings, You've got to do this mini course now. Um, head over to actually. I'm just not. I'm not even going to give you the website here. Just jump in the show notes, and there's going to be a link in there to that. Check it out, um, and uh, you know, find out why so many coaches are saying that this is the best niche course that they've ever done. Um, so more about that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, today I've got a guest on by the name of Gemma Hanley, and um, this one is all about. Where's the title for this? Give me a second. Gemma, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. The title for this is How to Break Through Imposter Syndrome. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, this is embarrassing. Oh, I should start this again, but you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Why? Because we all stuff up. We make mistakes and like that. And it's kind of like the, the that's the theme I go for with my podcast. It's a little bit messy. It's just real, yeah? So, okay. So, Gemma... I've stuffed this up. If anyone else has listened to this and knows Gemma, please don't tell Gemma. And if Gemma, you're listening to this, apologies. So let me just let me just start this again. <clears throat> okay, introducing our guest number 44, Gemma, the amazing Gemma Hanley. And this one is all about turning adversity into your greatest gift. 
Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Thanks for coming on, by the way. Pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. We got past the technical difficulties. Of, um, At a rapid speed for yeah. myself to be involved as well. I remember when I did um, a, I think it was like my first webinar where I ran it to like a, like I ran ads to it and it was the first time where it was to like a cold audience. They didn't know me or anything like that. Yeah. And I practiced for this thing and I set up all the, you know, like I practiced the, technical side of it using the webinar software and then the the morning of it about to start I think it was, I went for a walk and then I came back and it was like 15 minutes ago and I had everything prepped yet I already had the computer there everything all set up and then um I just thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna restart my computer just so I can like have the computer fresh you know when you leave it on for a while and so like and then my computer wouldn't turn back on <laughs> And then, sorry, it turned back on, but all my programs, I don't know what happened, but my, all my office programs uninstalled and then the slides were in PowerPoint. Yeah. And I couldn't open PowerPoint Right. and I'm like scrambling (laughs) and I'm like freaking out. Yeah. Cause it's getting closer, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. And I love to be prepared. And I was like, oh, I was freaking out. I'm thinking, man, this is like, and I prepared so much for this thing. Yeah. Probably for like. A one and a half weeks of day in, day out, getting this thing ready, the landing right. page, everything like that. And I was like super prepared, prepared for it, ready to go. And then um, bang at the last moment, all over. And I'm like, wow. And I had to think. I ended up pulling it off. I ended up going like, um, together. I put, uh, I don't know where the idea came from, but I went, I'm like PowerPoint online. So I opened yep. up PowerPoint online. I put my slides in there. I inserted them in through like saving. And I, I pulled it off, but I started at 15 minutes late. Yeah. So a lot of the people left. Oh, and damn. the other thing was that because it was online, it was lagging, yeah? So like when I would push the slide, I'd push the button to go to the next slide, but it would mm-hmm. take a second to go. And it was like my presentation was so laggy. And like I was kind of like, uh, uh, it was so bad. Yep. And I was like after it, I'm like. A tailspin, no major, yeah, it was. It was yeah. like a, oh, I was it's like, funny, after isn't it? it? How um, prepared we like to be. And then a situation like that happens and you're like, oh, the basics actually would have been perfect right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. But like, it always teaches us a lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it's the, 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 the con is, I mean, the positive is, is that I said to Courtney, my wife, I said, well, better that now instead of me standing in front of a thousand people. And my slides aren't going up or something like that. Yeah. So the technical stuff, it always happens. And so you know what? That. The deepest connections and the most, the biggest joy points in business are with people who are true human beings and they understand the human experience. Yeah. So they'll laugh along with you when that's yeah, happens, true. Right? Um, yeah, exactly right. It's only the people that take themselves a bit too seriously that'll have a big problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And they're probably not right if it's like you and I where we're That's just right. lighthearted. They're probably not going to work anyway. So yeah. you do get people like that. Um, so like I was saying, I just wanted to get you on because uh, Flick, yeah? Yeah. 
So flicks like, um, you know, everyone listening to this, um, I, I, I surf down the surf coast in Victoria and I go to this cafe called uh, Ginger Monkey. I call it the Funky Monkey. <laughs> Don't know where I got the name from. But um, I just go there all the time because, like, the food's great, the people there are great, the vibe's great. I just feel good leaving there type thing. And I'm very, like, I'm very loyal once I find something. I do not leave it, yeah? So clothes. If you look at my wardrobe, I buy the exact same industry tops and I'll go there 10 like I'll, I'm due for a new pair and I'll go straight there. I know my size, know how it works, same brands, everything like that. So I just, once I find something, same with food, I, I eat the same stuff over and over. Um, so Ginger Monkey is awesome. Um, so yeah, Flick, she works there and I've just got speaking to her and she's gone through some stuff in her life and she's basically um in that period where she was struggling with her health she was mm. one thing that she turned to was art and she's turned like a little made like a little business out of it where she helps um or she creates like customized rocks for people with inspirational messages on there they're incredible aren't yeah they? and you were part of like bringing that into the world so yeah. i was like i want to meet this Gemma, amazing coach that's helped this amazing woman become even more amazing. And I'm sure that's just one person that you've done it for. Um, what would you like if I, someone walked up to you and go, Gemma, what do you do? Like, what would you say? Big question, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So how I explain what it is I do, because I mean, these titles, they're becoming so common now, life coach, mindset coach, speaker, but I guess I lead women. I take them on the journey of connecting with themselves. And what that means is understanding their emotions primarily as a starting point, right? Mm. Um, so that they can identify and step more into their deepest desires and live a life that they love. Um, I think, you know, it's a real shame when we're operating from a space where we're really afraid of our own self-expression. And as long as that continues to happen, we're not actually going to get to meet ourselves, the best version of ourselves, which, which means there'll be, you know, this glass ceiling or this um, cliche statement of untapped potential. But yeah. it's a very real experience. And I'm sure, you know, with where you've gotten to now, Luke, yourself, there would have probably been experiences along the way where you had that feeling from within inside you too. And mm. um, it can be incredibly challenging to know there's more for you out there in life. Um, and there's this greater fulfillment to be tapped into, but no matter what you try or where you look or what course you do, it just doesn't seem to come to fruition. Uh, mm. It can be incredibly dissatisfying. And, you know, for some people and for myself included in the past, that can lead to depressive states or, you know, really not understanding your place or purpose for existence in the world. So, I mean, that wasn't a very short, quick answer, but um, but it's better than the one or two word answers. I'd be a little bit worried. So no, that's good. Um, what do you like? What type of, so you mainly work with women? Yeah, I, I have two offerings. So I yeah. run a group, which is what Flick is a part of called Reveal and Rise, which is a women's coaching group. Uh, but I do work with men in my one-to-one -one problem as well, uh, problem program as well, but predominantly women. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, how long have you been coaching for? How long in the business? Three years, but it was really probably just over 12 months ago that I stepped in in a full-time capacity. Oh, interesting. So what I'm like, what do you, because Flix told me briefly how you guys met, yeah. but like 
what is it that I'm always curious, like what makes people a coach? And then like, what have you gone through? What's your journey? So like, what's actually, I'm talking to you today, being the amazing woman that you are, like, what have you gone through? It's a, yeah, it's a cool industry to hear some very interesting stories, (laughs) isn't it? So I feel like a real um, starting point for where my story began was back when I was 18. So I just left high school and really in that process of navigating that leap or transition from, you know, primary school, high school, where it's very structured, you're spoon fed, you're told what to do and how to conform a lot to that next step. Like, what does it look like to become an adult? I really felt blind to what that process involved. Like, how do I discover that and even find what that is? And to the best of my ability, you know, dad and I would sit there and read the course guides and I was intuitively, I just thought, is this how I decide what my profession is going to be reading these books and mm. walking around universities? And didn't you, um, didn't you have those, sorry to interrupt. Didn't you have those people that, you know, come to your school or they part of the teachers and they're like, all right, you got that little book and they have all the jobs that you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. And like the quizzes you can do online. And I mean, I had a careers counselor and she told me that mm. I should give up on my dream because I'd never get the score, right? So, oh, wow. There you go. The most inspiring. What a mentor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, the, the road that I took with that was well, you know, um, business and legal studies, I'm pretty good at them. I, I seem to have some strong qualities in those areas. And I don't mind it. So that must be what I'm meant to do, yeah. Um, so applied for a double degree in law and business, was told by um, the careers counsellor, don't bother, um, but was accepted into that. And That's because of your schooling, is it, and where your grades are at? I, I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I guess, yeah. yeah, what the anticipated enter school was. So for in Melbourne at the time, right, Yeah. Um, and this would have been, this is well over 10 years, oh, yeah, but, over 10 years ago now um numbers is not my strong point um Mm. just trying to do the mental math there but I think at the time to get into law in Melbourne you needed a score of 93 to get into what was considered like the most basic um offering of law right in Melbourne and uh Latrobe also had a campus or has a campus up in Bendigo and to get in up there I think the score was something like 82 or 83 and I got a score of 85.25 so off I went up to Bendigo lived on campus had two of the most phenomenal years of my life Bendigo. Yeah. Um, and I can still remember in the first week so it's called mm. O week and it's a great time you know there's pub crawls dress up parties trivia nights you're getting to know everyone I was living on campus mm-hmm. uh, and then of course there's also the curriculum side of things where you're sitting down and um, you know, getting your textbooks and getting organized and signing up for your tutes or whatnot. And I distinctly remember sitting in the lounge room where they were hosting one of these talks and just checking out and internally thinking, shit, I don't even want to be here. What, this is the first day or first week? So this would have been the, le- the week leading yeah. to before classes start. Right. Um, and wow. I find it really interesting that I can remember that because I certainly (laughs) didn't act on it. I didn't do anything about it. So for the two years beyond that, I was up there on campus in Bendigo and I just pushed and forced and bullied 
and slave drive myself through the course, even though I had no heart in it. I felt really disconnected and was becoming really quite depressed and anxious. Um, And it certainly would have had and did have a history with depression and anxiety before that. Mm. Um, After second year, the course migrated down to Melbourne you're qualified enough to join the real smart kids that got the 93 plus by then. Um, And they didn't have the facilities to teach law beyond second year up in Bendigo. So how were your scores going at at then? I was really unhappy and I started just asking some better questions and looking at what a different direction would be like for me, but had suppressed that truth within me for two years and eventually moved my units around and finished with a bachelor of business Next, I did my real estate course um, and started selling property for four or five years. And throughout this process, my health was just on this steady decline to the point where uh, when I was selling property, I would be blacking out from panic attacks when I was driving to work. And um, my physical health and energy levels were just depleting more and more and more. And probably wasn't helped, um, Luke, (laughs) by the fact that one of my coping mechanisms was partying a lot, right? So when I was living on campus at uni, that could have looked like three nights a week. And then I was commuting back and forth four hours on the weekends back to Melbourne. Uh, And then when I was working in property, I would have been working, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks and then going out on a Saturday night and not coming home until um, Sunday morning and then maybe not even sleeping till Sunday night. So Mm, revs. No. Where? So what can I, how how old are you? Can I ask? I'm 34. Yeah, I'm 34 no, as well. I'm 33. <laughs> 33. Actually, wait. I'm 35. I'm 35. I love it once you get to this age. Yeah, you just, just you don't count. Anymore, yeah. Do you? Well, we must have hit the same clubs because I mean, same thing. I went through the all the right. partying and all that. What like what like well-known clubs did you kind of go CQ to? CQ was a big home yeah, base. Yeah. yeah. Did you hit up the dance floor there? Yeah, yeah, we love CQ. Yeah. Yeah, I loved the R&B room upstairs. Uh, we weren't really. R&B dudes, but we used to kind of, if we're having a good night, we'd go for a walk and a laugh around the R&B room. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, nah, R&B wasn't really our scene. We're kind of like the fist pump dudes, you know, on the on the main main room, whatever it is. <laughs> CQ. How cool was CQ? Back in the day, yeah. Yeah, so like um, you basically um, studying and then you decided that that's not right for you mm. and then you went to real estate Mm. like before you continue your story like what was what did you feel like when you ultimately made that decision to go you know what this is I'm not doing this and I'm going to go into real estate and was real estate like did you always like property or was it kind of like what do I do with myself that's such a great question that last one um at that point in time, like my definition of success was how do I make as much money as possible um, and acquire material assets so to the outside world I appear successful uh, but also so that, you know, I set my life up as quickly as possible based on the tick box system, right, of like degree, career, Mm. promotion, um, partner, house, marriage, kids, like tick, 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 tick. (laughs) Um, And along the way I was like, actually, I think I might think for myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It might be more enjoyable. Um, So when I made that decision, I can't tap into that as much in terms of leaving 
the course, like not finishing the law degree, I imagine though there would have been embarrassment and there would have been shame around that based on perceptions of other people, even though it was true for me. Um, And then when I was in the space of real estate, you know, what was being reflected back to me in a number of different ways, whether it was awards or sales figures or whatnot, was that I was quite good. You know, I was um, okay at that job, but internally I didn't believe that. It didn't matter how much validation was happening outside from the inside. It wasn't resonating. Um, And there was a lot of self-loathing happening and um, definitely a huge amount of insecurity. And that just culminated more and more over time to the point where I became so unwell with chronic fatigue and anxiety and depression that I couldn't physically continue that role anymore. It's a really demanding role um, in terms of hours and time, but also physically running around to lots of different properties and whatnot. So Mm. um, moved into corporate, thought a Monday to Friday, sort of 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. job would um, solve the problem. And again, just became sicker and sicker to the point where I actually couldn't work anymore and um, got a diagnosis of chronic fatigue and anxiety and depression really peaked during that time too. So I actually ended up um, admitting myself to a mental health facility for two weeks to come off medication because I was working with a brilliant psychologist at the time and had been for probably at least two years at that point. Uh, And she was just saying to me, you know, it's, it's not working for you. And I felt that intrinsically too, that medication wasn't working for me. Mm. Um, and that was probably, you know, where things really took a turn as well with um, needing to address my health. Like this little whisper that had happened for years and years, gotten stronger and stronger. And then it was screaming at me and um, began this process where I found myself at an absolute peak of a health crisis Um, was having suicidal thoughts, um, you know, became so unwell physically with fatigue that I was housebound and on a good day, I could leave the house for maybe 30 minutes in a wheelchair if I had the strength to sit up. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so um, do you think that this is all caused mainly from like a combination of neglecting your health, pushing too hard, not giving rest, but also maybe going down a path that ultimately is not what you want to do? Is that the accumulation of all that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And going down a path of ultimately not what I wanted to do, I would categorise that uh, as something that sits under the label of not caring for myself, right? And before when I said to you, um, you know, as long as we're afraid of our self-expression, we'll never get to truly meet ourselves and we'll feel like there's these limitations or um, there's just this better version of life that we haven't had access to yet. That definitely fits into that category. Mm. And what's the go? So, okay, so then you've, what's the, how's the coaching stuff come into it? Like where's all the, okay, I'm going to be a coach. Yeah. Like what happened there? So my first coach was a business coach when I was mm. selling property, an incredible lady. Um, and then coaching was a big part of my recovery. Um, I found therapy incredibly helpful for the three years, particularly in me being able to understand all the problems in my life, the dynamics to those, but it didn't really give me the tools of, okay, 
how do I resolve this? How do I change this? How do I create a different experience for myself in this world? Um, so, yeah, I joined the, the way, I guess, the roundabout way that I met Flick was that we joined the same recovery program. I believe we were in there at slightly different times, perhaps. Um, but we joined CFS Health, which is run by a now very good mate of mine, uh, Toby Morrison. And the community in there is just so brilliant, right? Flick is just one of probably five key people in my life now that I've met through that. More than five, I would have to say, actually. And, um, you know, I, I received coaching through that and I was asked some really freaking confronting and hard and direct questions that transformed my life. Um, and I was in when I saw, you know, even before, whilst I was still sitting in a lot of that pain, I mean, I moved to China and lived with my dad for six months because I needed somebody to care for me. Nobody spoke English around. I couldn't leave the house. So mm. there was so much pain still happening in my life and a lot to be navigated. I don't want to imply that it was just like, you know, a few coaching sessions and boom, off I went. Um but that's where it started, you know, online when I was living in China there. And I can just remember thinking, I do not want another person to go through suffering that is unnecessary um, and a prolonged version of that because what they need was so difficult to find or to access as well. Um, so from there, you know, it was focusing on my recovery and study and I did some work um, with Toby throughout that as well um, and yeah just grew and grew and grew um, when my health was at a level that I was able to begin working I started networking in the health space and developing some really quality and beautiful relationships in that area and yeah it's just rolled on from there. So did you say you're working in the health space? So previously right before yeah. I'd been sick it was all property construction corporate was my background so I had no contacts I didn't really know anybody in the health space and as you're recovering from chronic fatigue it's not one of those things where you just heal for a while and then you wake up one day and can return to full-time life Mm -hmm. uh, particularly if you've been unwell for quite some time, your body is deconditioned um, and it's, you know, this slow, steady, not necessarily slow, but steady and appropriate integration back into life. So one of the first steps for me was that I started chatting to a local health clinic, um, holistic health clinic that offered a number of different modalities. And I started working there with them on running the clinic whilst also building my coaching offering on the side. All right, so you did that for a bit and then after, um, how long were you at that place for? Because three years ago you went full-time, did you say? No, a year ago I went A year ago you went full-time. So probably yeah. two to three years before that, Yeah. Um, I was working with them and splitting my time between the two, yeah. So nice. I started by renting space in their clinic as well and um, oh, yeah. I'm still affiliated with them now. They're out in Altham. They're called My Chiropractic. Um, but now that I'm online, Mm -hmm. it's just a bit of a different relationship but. and and do you um because I, I saw that um you met up with uh some of your clients a couple of weeks ago that flick went to yeah do you coach all over the world or do you keep to melbourne australia like what's your split there 
uh, no, there's no limits. And that was, you know, when I just explained to you what, what was that moment of moving into coaching where I said I wanted it to be accessible and I wanted it to be easier to find. It's completely online. So uh, I would say the highest percentage of women are probably in Victoria. So Flicks, obviously, um, down Geelong way. There's girls in Melbourne, um, some in regional Victoria. Then there's Perth, then there's um, New South Wales, Queensland, Sweden, uh, the UK, US. So all around the world. That's the beauty of uh, this online space and mm. even you and I being able to connect as well. Yeah, well, it's actually good to um, speak to someone, even though we're doing this online. But um, like majority of my podcasts are people overseas. Majority of my clients are overseas, funnily enough. Um, so, you know, US, Canada, UK especially and obviously Australia but um, a lot of the time when I'm doing coaching calls and things like that or speaking to people it's you know it's night time for them it's morning for yeah. me vice versa or that type of thing yeah. so it's good to have someone in the same state <laughs> normally you know what back in the day when I first started this podcast I would have actually came and met you at a cafe or you, you would have came over to my place where it is or would have went to your workplace and we would have done this where but about you live like Yarraville oh really that's yeah. like, what? Tell me the surrounding suburbs. Uh, like it's Kensington. Di- yeah, yeah. So you got basically it's um, if it's kind of it's lined across the Westgate Bridge. So you've got yeah. uh, Seddon, then Footscray, and the other side you've got uh, Newport, Williamstown. Yeah, it's kind of in the middle of that. What about you? I'm in Elwood, so just oh, nice. around the other side. Yeah, yeah. No, Courtney loves Elwood. Courtney's trying to get us to move there. She's like, oh, team Courtney. I want to move to Elwood. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just like, there's nowhere in Victoria that we love. Like there's nothing that's – we love um, we love Byron around there. We got married there. Oh, but it's um, – I don't know if I could do it with like friends and family. Like that's what keeps us here. Yeah, I see it in a later season of life for myself. Um, mm. just about to head up there for my third or fourth trip this year. I love it. It's That's sick. Yeah, we do the same. We go out there a few times a year. Yeah. We're going to Queensland um, in two weeks. They broad beach. Normally it would be Byron, but we're going to broad beach because I'm going up with my That's parents up. this time. Mm-hmm. It's just the broad beach. It'll be just sleepy, uh, sleepyville there compared right. to Byron. Yeah, Byron's a really special place. Um, do you know Fig Tree? No. That's, uh, well, that's where we got married. It's kind of like just like this wedding venue. It actually got burnt down. Um, I think it was three weeks after we got married. Oh. Burnt down. So we were like close just and then COVID ahead. came and everything like that. So we were yeah. very, very, very lucky. Um, so the question that was coming through my mind when you were talking before, like building a business is, uh, is very challenging. Mm. Um, what's it like? What's it like? dealing with the challenge of business compared to dealing with the challenge that you had with your health? Like, do you like go, you know what? I've been through all that. The business stuff is piss easy (laughs) or is it harder? Is it the same stuff? Like how do you, how do you, what's the comparison there? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beautiful gift that comes from going, living through crisis or chaos in an area of your life. And it doesn't have to be your health, but all of a sudden there's so much more ease in all these other areas and your perspective shifts and changes forever. 
um, particularly if you've really made peace with that um, and accepted that it was part of your journey and there's no resentment or bitterness there for the fact that it has happened. So one of the things that I say to clients is that regardless of where that resilience is required in our life, the same tools can be applied. And that's what I teach in my course, these practical tools. So how I recovered from my health is not too dissimilar to the principles that I've used to build a business. But yes, um, although it's hard and it's challenging, it's so playful for me too because I can actually get up out of bed and do this. Um, And there's so much more freedom and independence and joy and passion and excitement woven into that. And I think what that comes down to as well, and it just happened to be that health taught me this lesson, is the relationship that we have with discomfort or what I often refer to as growth anxiety or growth uncertainty. Yeah. So funnily enough, I'll I'll go back to the start of our conversation. When you were talking about certainty around when you find a cafe that you like, you're really loyal to that. When there's a clothing brand and you know that they're going to deliver, they offer a great service. You want to reward that by continuing to go back. But there's also a level of certainty that provides you in your life that then allows for your capacity for uncertainty or growth or feeling extremely challenged in other areas as well. Whereas if there was chaos in, you know, your, your nutrition or how you dressed each day, that would leave less capacity to feel growth chaos perhaps in business. So I think, um, yeah, it just so happened to be that health was where I got to really develop that relationship. And when I started my business, I realized very quickly that if I was unable to find comfort in the discomfort or be okay with uncertainty, then business wasn't going to be for me. Um, so, yeah. How long did it take for you to actually realize that, hey, business is actually for me? Like when you're like, you, you know, you start it and it's usually like the period where you have this expectation of how it's going to be, you get into it, you realize that, hey, this is harder than actually it seems. It's not just a matter of, oh, I open up my laptop and the money comes in and then I'm like, oh, I go to the cafe and I go to the holiday. <laughs> I go to Byron Bay every two weeks, that type <laughs> of thing. I've actually got to work for this, yeah, and I've got yeah. to do some things that, actually scare me and I don't like doing and I've got to go to areas constantly where I actually have no idea what that area is about and Mm. really push myself there so um yeah like how do you kind of get through all that Mm. it's an interesting one and was there yeah like was there like a how long did it kind of take you to adjust to it I guess yeah Yeah, I thought that was your first question. Um, I think being extremely clear on what your values are, so in terms of what's important to you, is very helpful. Because if you can keep anchoring back to the fact that, that yes, this is uncomfortable, yes, this is hard. Uh, When I launched Reveal and Rise at the start of this year, I went through probably a three-month period in the lead up to that and maybe an overlap of starting it, where literally every day I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I know how to be a coach. I do not know how to build an online program with like the software and the editing and like the lighting and the audio and like hence the tech, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, I, I, I think one of the biggest hurdles is realizing that 
you can't, you cannot control all of those things. And um, rather than trying to eliminate that hardness or that discomfort or uncertainty, allowing it to be there and allowing yourself to feel a bit anxious, to feel a bit stressed, and perhaps framing a season or like a time frame around what will be what's what's realistic. Yeah, I'm doing this dive into this completely new space that I haven't been in before. My neurology hasn't developed around this. My nervous system needs to adapt. How can I hold that space for myself? Um, and no, this isn't forever. Soon, at some point, maybe not soon, but at some point, this is going to feel boring because it will become so well practiced. My neurology will run so smoothly around this. My nervous system will feel so regulated around this. You know, a podcast episode like this is a brilliant example. We like locked in a time what yesterday afternoon, and I've had a very full day, very little preparation, and I would have you know, a year ago, been sweating big time. <laughs> sweating. <laughs> we're just here having a conversation. To answer yeah. your other question of, you know, what was the time frame around me realizing that? My parents had their own business and I spent a lot of time working in that. So I observed a lot of what it meant to be a business owner. Yeah. So the perks and the gains, but also the very real reality of how, consuming and challenging and difficult that can be at times um Mm. and then in terms of working in real estate selling property you're essentially running your own business in that space right there's not many industries where you step into and you're not given the product and all you have to do is sell it or given the service and all you have to do is sell it um Whereas in property, you have to go out and source that for yourself. So you have to learn how to prospect, you have to learn how to market, um, and you have to learn how to present and engage with people and build a rapport and understand their needs and cater to their needs. It's not about you. Um, so I'd already had a taste of that and I understood the, the business model of, you know, not here's the product, now you just have to market and sell it. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, in coaching, that takes time too, because f- for within my business, like I am the offering and it, it required me to be patient with myself. And the first year of working part-time, a lot of that was just, you know, what do I think? What is my style? How is my philosophy forming? Because until I had certainty on that, what I was offering or what I was putting out as a solution uh, to my audience wouldn't have felt certain or safe or they wouldn't have been able to feel confidence in that either. So, um, but probably like a year ago when when I went full-time um, and really got very clear and very honest and was in a position that didn't feel safe, like there weren't, didn't feel like there were safety nets. It felt like logically I just needed to step two centimetres across um, one cliff to the next But Mm -hmm. internally, it felt like someone was asking me to jump two kilometers and that the only possible outcome was that I was going to plummet to my death. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that was still very active for me a year ago, for sure. So what advice would you give to, say, a um, a coach listen to this and they're in the position where they're playing it safe Mm. and they're doing the one foot in, one foot out type thing? Mm. 
What advice would you give to someone where they're like, they know the right thing is to really jump into things yeah. without the safety net, but they're just too scared to do it? Yeah. What advice would you give them? The advice I would give is that if you, if you know intrinsically that something's true for you like that and it's not happening, it's not moving forwards, you don't feel momentum with it, there's going to be some missing puzzle piece and that's probably going to sit in the psychological patterning of that experience for you. So ask higher quality questions, ask bigger questions of what you do know and the experience you are having, because there will be a good reason why you're feeling like you can't leap into that. And if you explore that and work with that, rather than push yourself and force yourself and slave drive yourself into it, you're building a relationship of trust and rapport with yourself and from that space where you truly know your worth, your capacity, your capability, not much can rattle you. Like shit can hit the fan, but it doesn't mean anything about you as a person. It's just an experience in life. And you've still got the confidence to keep learning. You know, one of the things I say is we're either learning, winning or self-loathing. So if, if you're not winning, then you're in a beautiful learning opportunity. So, and you said that you got to ask yourself a few questions. Can you give me like a specific question yeah, that for sure. they could ask themselves to get good um, answers? Yeah. And if I just explain a little bit before I go there, when I've talked about how um, if we're afraid of our own self-expression, we'll never get to meet ourselves, our own self-expression can include our emotions and in most times will. So if we believe that if we feel our emotions, that makes us weak, that makes us stupid, um, and the more intelligent and stronger proactive thing to do is to suppress that and push that away, missing the key information because our emotions hold intelligence. Yeah, they're intelligent messengers asking for our loving attention. So it requires us to go there. But if we're afraid to go there because, well, I might get sucked in, I might get swept away, I might unpack and live there and that might be the peak of my existence, yeah, feeling afraid or f fear or feeling panic or feeling scared. So you're saying like as in when you say really feel your emotions, so you're an example that would be that say we don't want to feel um, overwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. So we avoid, it's like, oh, I'm starting to get overwhelmed. So I go, I don't want to feel that way. So That's I back right. off. So is that what you mean? That type of thing? Yeah. You're ignoring part of yourself. Yeah. And it's not that we want to sit there and have a pity party. That's the opposite of what I'm suggesting. But like, what is that overwhelm there to tell you? What are you potentially refusing to acknowledge? What's important for you to see, hear and feel? What do you need to know about that overwhelm so you can actually work with it because it's there to be on your team it's there as a signal it's there as an intelligent messenger but if we don't recognize it so name it like you just said oh it's it's overwhelm i feel overwhelmed mm. uh, and that doesn't mean that i'm a weak shit person <laughs> um that yep. means i'm human yeah uh participate with it so feel into that acknowledge that it's there have some rituals and practices around dealing with these emotions that bring more discomfort like stress or anxiety or depression uh, and then once we've recognized it and participated with it we open up the space and I do a lot of work with the subconscious or the unconscious mind which is also you know often referred to as our intuition that heart or gut feeling then you'll begin to hear the answers to those questions so 
those ones that I just shared with you of, you know, what's this asking me to pay attention to? What was the thought before the wave of this emotion? What's it asking me to see, hear, feel? Yeah. I'm reading this book, um, Creativity Inc. It's by, uh, have you read it? No, and I haven't heard of it. It's um, by the founder of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, really awesome book. I'm loving it. And um, he has spoken about, and this is really like, kind of really changed things for me and I'm only like about it I don't know a few weeks or so in this book but he was saying that based off they, their first blockbuster movie was Toy Story right we know we know their films and how out of control it was to create Toy Story and how how chaotic it was um, and then when it came to the next one, which was, okay, doing Toy Story 2, it was, again, crazy all over the place and it wasn't smooth sailing. And what they basically learn over doing movie after movie after movie and having success, 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 um, Steve Jobs actually bought Pixar right. and Steve Jobs kind of mentored this founder initially when he wasn't where he was at. And... They were, they were creating, I can't remember what movie it was, but they were creating some movie and everything was going amazingly well. And um, Steve goes, oh, how's the movie going? And, and he's like, it's going so good. And Steve goes, be careful. He goes, you're on the wrong track. Something's wrong. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, if you're not overwhelmed, frustrated, if things aren't chaotic, if everything's going to plan, you are not stretching to the next level. Mm. You're playing a safe game because you know it all, yeah? You're not innovating. And um, that like that they actually use, Pixar now use that as a sign they're on the right track. So if things aren't feeling good, if they don't have the answer, if they're overwhelmed, if they're frustrated, if things are falling apart, if things aren't working, if they're making mistakes, they're making failure, that's actually a great sign. If the opposite's true and everything's working, they know there's something seriously wrong. And I think it's just a, it's so true. It really is. And I think it's really backwards thinking to how we generally think. We, we, you know, obviously I'm in the business game, right? And a lot of people you listening to this are trying to build their business. But we generally look at, and this is anything in life, we generally look at, okay, what are these negative feelings? And what you said there is that we shut it off and we resist it. Mm. But like you said there, they're there to actually teach us something. So yeah. It's a big and, one, it really is. And I, lo- I love what you've said too. It's beautiful confirmation that you're growing. If things mm. are feeling inconvenient, it's probably because you're stretching and growing. And of course, you know, we all need little pauses in seasons of growth. But yeah, it doesn't, frustration, it feeling hard, it feeling overwhelming, that's not a sign that it's wrong. Definitely. Mm. All right, I, wanna, I know that we've got, you got to head off. I've got mm. one thing for you. If there's one prepared question, it's this. <laughs> I actually looked at your um, page earlier today. So okay. I'm like, I've got to have like You're something. Prepared. I don't know what it. the question's going to be. <laughs> oh, you know it. You know it. So I? I opened up like one of your first posts. Okay. And it was, how do I, I don't know if I got this right. How do I believe that I'm a fucking legend? <laughs> so one of your clients I didn't watch the video because I'm like, you know, I don't want to know the answer. Got it. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, one of your clients, can you just like explain what happened? And then I'm, yeah, yeah. I mean, people want to know, like, and I want to know, how do I believe that I'm actually a fucking legend? So if you can pl- explain the backstory and then actually give yeah. us the, 
the answer. So this ties actually in beautifully to what we've just been talking about. So um, one of the ways that I speak to my clients is that first of all we need to identify like what's the root belief that's causing all of these pain points in your life because it's not really about the pain points it's about what do you believe about yourself that is allowing those pain points to thrive and often that will come up as like well I'm not good enough or I'm a failure I'm broken there's something wrong with me and when we talk about well what would you like that belief to look like if you up leveled it and replaced it the what I chose for myself and now what I offer as I guess like a template or like a foundational starting point to clients is well I'm brilliant I'm incredible I'm intelligent I'm beautiful and I'm fucking amazing like and when I ran this session we we're talking about it as um well the client said to me how do you know that you're a fucking legend like how do you start believing that about yourself so that's mm. the background to it and yeah. I imagine she was looking for some sort of like pump up, rah, rah, yeah, yeah answer. And it's not that that doesn't have a place in coaching, but I think too often the analysis and understanding of where you're starting from and what causes that to be the case, that it's your starting point is skipped over. Um, and so what I said to her, and, and I've had, you know, a real... Um, I guess, unraveling or like um, breaking down of some key areas of my personal life this year. So I was sharing it from a personal space. And I said to her, it's in those moments of real hardship when you show up and you be on your own team rather than berating yourself or um, speaking poorly or negatively about yourself when you treat yourself well, when you speak well about yourself, when you search for and celebrate what is going well, even if on the scale of everything that could go well, it's at the very bottom, it's still something that's mm -hmm. going well. That's when you get to start to build, build that belief system in the hard times. So um, I've been through, you know, two and a half months ago, I think now um, I went through a separation and so that's involved all the different things like um, packing up and moving properties and all the emotions that come with that as well, right? And mm. part of that process for me has been grieving this vision or these goals around what I will have but had thought was, you know, going to look a certain way with this person. And a big process of that when I talk about rituals or practices to allow yourself expression is yoga or stretching or as a female who's feminine at my core, dance is a big part of that as well. And so I was talking about how I woke up feeling anxious that morning or off, off my center. And rather than just leaping into the day and starting work, I took the time and have created spaces where I ask myself, well, what do I need right now? Or what, what is this about? Those exact questions that I shared with you before, right? Mm. Um, and my yoga mat was already out in the lounge room and I just went and sat there and I sort of just intuitively started doing some stretching and then um, sitting upwards, I sort of just did, did some cat cow. I don't know if you do any yoga or if you know what I do do yoga, is. yes. Yeah, cool. So normally we'd be in tabletop, but I was sort of sitting up so that caused me to be doing sort of like a heart opening stretch and then caving in and then a heart, heart opening stretch. And after a few of those, 
when I was opening my heart, these tears just started to come and I just allowed that to be there. And after a few minutes, the anxiety was completely gone and I felt a big shift. I felt really different and I was able to then tap back into my day, but only because I didn't resist that. I didn't try and push it away. I didn't tell myself I wasn't capable of experiencing that or navigating that. And then after that, I had this moment where I was like, I am a fucking legend. Like so many people would not sit with this, right? So many Mm. people would try and retreat back into the patterns or into the relationship or into the environment Mm -hmm. that would give them the immediate gratification of not having to feel that pain. Um, But that is where that real deep rapport and relationship with yourself is built um, and trust with yourself and you get to experience yourself in hard times, not feeling necessarily on top of the world, but like I'm, I'm being here with myself. I'm doing this. Mm. Um, I'm moving through this. It doesn't feel phenomenal yet, but I'm showing up for myself. And for that, I can now believe that I'm brilliant, intelligent, capable, beautiful, freaking amazing and a fucking legend. So there you go. So it's almost like having the intuition to listen to what it is that you need right now and stopping and feeling that, and I get that. I, I get the um, every now and then I'll be like, sometimes it comes up on, usually on Sunday when I'm still, mm-hmm. yeah. Because during the week I'm working, working, working. It's kind of like Sunday when I, because you, I try not to work on weekends. Some I do, but usually Sunday is my day that I generally don't work. And that's where, because I'm not doing anything, I'm like more in tune with listening what's going on. And then I'll get this urge and it's like, what do I read, need right now? And you're like, Luke, you need to do some yoga or you need to stretch or you just need to meditate. You just need to just chill out, just do nothing just for be. the next 10 minutes and just be, yeah. I think that's a really big one is having that time and space to listen to what is needed right now. In your case, you're doing the stretches with the yoga. And then um, uh, what was the second thing is that just having, giving like acknowledging the progress that you're making, mm. which is a huge one because I think that we had these goals, right, which is so big and the goals don't ever really happen. We're just living like the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. We're always chasing this major goal. We're missing the progress that we're making each and every day well one of my favorite quotes i'll just add in there is little by little a little becomes a lot and if you don't allow yourself to have the little bits or acknowledge and validate yourself for the little bits you never get to have a lot so give me that quote again little by little a little becomes a lot it's a tanzanian proverb very nice Mm. tanzania that's a great great country (laughs) you've been before no have you been to Africa? No. Africa is probably one of the best. Like we've been all around the world. We did like the safari. We love animals. Mm-hmm. Whenever we go overseas, it's like for a key animal. Oh, that was amazing. Tanzania is a great country. Yeah. Um, Gemma, thank you so much for coming on. I know you got to head off. Really, really appreciate it. Great chat um, with no preparation. We're just... <laughs> We're just barking, you know, questions at each other type thing. Uh, when anyone listens to this, where can they, where can they follow, uh, find you? Yeah, so on Instagram, my handle is Gemma, G-E-M-M-A-E, and then Hanley, H-A-N-L-E-Y, uh, or my website is GemmaHanley.com. Awesome. I'm going to also pop this in the show notes as well. Thanks. And, um, 
Yeah, this will be out in a couple of weeks. Beautiful. What a great but Thank you so much. Yeah, let's like stay in contact. We'll say hello every now and then and um, yeah, see where the future takes us. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. Thanks so much. All the best with the rest of today. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.